Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. So good to be with you all today. <clears throat> so good to be in God's house today. I'm excited to just speak to you about you know, what I feel God's put on my heart, and I hope that it kind of unlocks something in you and a way that you will think and a way that you'll speak. And, 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 and I hope that this gets into the culture of the church. You know, my title today is We Are All Witnesses. And I want to speak uh, about the, I want to speak from the verse that the song that we just released is, is written about and from, and it's in the book of Acts. And I, I want you to, to, to hear me of all that you're going to do with this song that's released. I hope that you get it, not so that we get plays on Spotify or that it, you know, goes uh, on YouTube. Or, I hope that you play it in your home so that the culture of that worship gets into your home. That you live in a home filled with testimony. That you live in a home that bears witness to the Almighty who is Jesus Christ. And, and, and you know, mu- culture comes through music, and I pray that this song delivers a culture of testimony into our church. And so today I want to speak to you from the subject, we are all witnesses. When we read one verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 32, this is Peter speaking on the day of Pentecost. And do you know that today is Pentecost Sunday? We are celebrating the fact that the Holy Spirit came on his church this day, 2,000 years ago, and he's still on his church today. And in the midst of all that going on, there's this powerful phrase that comes out of this moment. In Acts chapter 2, verse 32, Peter's standing before the people of Israel, and he says, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are all witnesses. Today, I want to speak to you about the power of your personal testimony. And I want to put it like this. Your story has authority. It has authority. Your witness, your witness is, a, is, is the living work. It's a living testimony to the work of God in your life. This is your witness. When you go through difficulties, understand that through it, God is not abandoning you, but he's going to give you a witness. Your faith is your witness. Your story is your witness. The, the times where you'll see the active hand of God in your life, this is your witness. Turn to your neighbor say, I'm a witness to the work of God. I'm a witness to the work of God. And my hope is that we have a community. And my hope is that we have a church that is filled with witnesses to incredible works from the hand of God. I pray that we don't have a church that's seen nothing. I pray we don't have a church that that doesn't know much. I pray we don't have a church that's accepted tradition and religion. But I pray we are hungry to see the active hand of God that rested on Israel and rests on the church today. I pray we have a church that stands in witness to the miraculous works of God time and again. Can you say amen? Come on, pray with me right now. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come right now into your midst with your people. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would make us witnesses to your works, Jesus. God, that, 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 that we would have powerful testimonies infused with authority for 
our lives, future family, and God, even for those around us, that people would gain faith from us. In Jesus' name, come on, all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Today, on Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the fact that over 2,000 years ago, the Holy Spirit descended upon the church. 2,000 years ago, the disciples were all gathered together in one place, and they were waiting on the promise of the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus spoke to them and said, I want you to not do anything until you've received the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the truth is, apart from the Holy Spirit, we can't do anything. Without the Holy Spirit, we just have religion, we have rules, we have tradition, we have the goings-on, the usual, but we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? amen? We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? amen? We need God to come and direct his church, because without God, it's just a gathering. Without God, it's just people, but we need the Holy Spirit to come and transform our usual, our natural, into supernatural. Can you say amen? This is what happened 2,000 years ago, where the, the people were gathered in expectation, waiting for God to show up and for God to do something. And, and so here they were in prayer, but the Bible says at 9 a.m. they were all gathered in one place. I believe it was in a space in the temple, and all of a sudden there was a sound of a rushing wind that the Spirit of God descended in flaming tongues of fire and began to rest on those that were in prayer like a dove. The Holy Spirit came. The promise was fulfilled. The Bible says that all of a sudden people began to break out speaking in tongues of other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them utterances. This is the gift of speaking in tongues. Please hear me. If they had it, we can have it. If God's gift is to them, we want that to be God's gift to us. No way do they get something that's promised from God that I don't get. I want the Holy Spirit. I want the ability to speak in tongues. I want to see miracles. I want to see healings. I want to see the active hand of God in my life in this church, in this place. When the Holy Spirit comes, it gets loud. And that's what happened. There was a commotion. There was a disturbance in the force. Something took place that all of a sudden, the whole city of Jerusalem rushed to where it was happening. And I love the fact that the minute the Holy Spirit comes, up, comes out, there's a disruption that shakes the whole city because the truth is when the Holy Spirit comes upon the church, the city is shaken by it. And they crowded together. They were shocked by what they were witnessing. They saw that people who didn't speak their language were speaking in tongues and Holy Spirit language as the Holy Spirit gave them utterances. And they heard the gospel being proclaimed every man in his own language. The Bible tells us that all of the nations were represented there. I, I just want you to please see this. God's starting the church. There is no church without the Holy Spirit. God is beginning the church, and right away we see that there's a massive crowd, that it is very loud, that people are hearing it in their own language and tongues, and all of the nations are represented in this place at that moment. That's how God works for every tribe and tongue. 
every nation and people. We come under the blood of Jesus Christ. We find unity in the spirit of Jesus Christ from day one, minute one, the Holy Spirit says, I am here for all people and all nations for salvation. But some didn't understand what was going on. It was so radical. It was so strange that they began to mock it and they began to ridicule it. And the reality is, that's what people do. They make fun of things that they don't understand. And they didn't understand it. So they laughed and they said, these guys are drunk. There's, <laughs> there's some spirits going on here. I don't know which one, but these guys are drunk. And the Bible has this incredible phrase. It's one of... It's one of my favorite phrases in the Bible. It says in Acts chapter 2, then Peter stood up. One translation says, that's when Peter stood up. I love this phrase because the reaction and the consequence of the Holy Spirit coming on you is that you make a stand. Before the Holy Spirit comes on you, you're a noodle. It's my dad's joke. But when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you make a stand for some things. You find convictions for some things. You have some values for some things. And I love that it wasn't just anybody that stands up. It's Peter that stands up. Because just a couple weeks before, he was doing the opposite of standing before the nation. You remember when Jesus was carried on his way to the crucifixion? The Bible says, but Peter followed at a distance. He wasn't standing. He was cowering. When, when the little servant girl comes to him and says, you were with him. You speak like him. He said, remember, I don't even know the man. He denies him. But the Spirit comes on him. Now he declares him. The Holy Spirit makes the difference in your life. It moves you from a denier to a declarer. It moves you from afraid to courageous. It moves you from unsure to certain and bold in your witness. What happened to Peter? He was forgiven. He was restored. But make no mistake, when the Holy Spirit touched him, it transformed him. Please know that our, our courage and our convictions don't come from our strength or our will or even our mind. It comes from the Holy Spirit at work within us. Things you could not do when you received the Holy Spirit, you can now do. A life you could not live, now by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can live. You are empowered when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And it has radically transformed Peter's life in one moment. Here comes the Holy Spirit. He's filled with it. And his declaration goes from I don't even know the man to I know him. In the same city, in front of the same people, he moves from I don't know him to I know him. And his witness goes on. He said, and I saw the miracles. And I saw the sermons, and I witnessed the signs and the wonders. And then here, go read it in Acts chapter 2. He quotes Hosea, uh, the, the prophet Hosea, and then he even says, and, and by the way, you witnessed it too. I'm not the only one that saw this. You knew Jesus, and you saw it. And this is where it gets bold. And he says, and you're the ones that conspired with wicked men to crucify my Lord. And you drove nails in his hands and you crucified him on the cross. He said, but I went to that tomb and I looked in it and I poked my head in and I saw that that tomb was empty. 
that he was not there. Though you put him there, he did not stay there. He is resurrected. He is my Lord, my Savior, my Messiah. He is this Jesus, the one that God resurrected. He is the one that was promised. And we are all witnesses. This is a sermon birthed from the power of the Holy Spirit. And my question for you this Sunday morning on Pentecost Sunday is, do you have the Holy Spirit? Because you need it to live the Christian walk. You you need it. The first baptism is the baptism of repentance. And you need that to move from death to life. But the second baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know this baptism is available to you, that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe that you can have the evidence of speaking in tongues. I believe that God can do signs and wonders in you, that the gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit will come through you. What happened to Peter? Oh, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And what do you need? You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In this moment, Peter is fulfilling a prophecy. And it's a prophecy from Jesus, a promise that he made before this moment. In Acts 1, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So in this moment when Peter is preaching, he's fulfilling this prophecy. He received the Holy Spirit. He received power when the Holy Spirit came on him. And he stands and says, we are all witnesses. But here's the good news. Not only does Peter get to fulfill this prophecy, we too get to fulfill this prophecy. Because we're, we're in here right here. Maybe we're not in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, but here we are. We're in the ends of the earth and we get the same Holy Spirit and we receive the same power that we might make a same stand, that we might be filled with his courage and conviction and be a witness to Jesus in our corner. You stand in a long line of witnesses that go back to the day the Holy Spirit dropped. And now it's our turn. It's your turn to be a witness to the end of the earth. One of the primary purposes for the, for the infilling of the Holy Spirit is to enable you to live a life that is witness to Christ. Please hear me. The Holy Spirit isn't, isn't given to us just for us to feel tinglys. It's not given to us just for us to have an emotional reaction or a moment. Those things happen. But make no mistake, the purpose is that you would receive power, that you would receive conviction, do you know one of the consequences of the, of the Holy Spirit is wisdom? James says that you would receive wisdom that is from above, pure and undefiled. And he says it's totally opposite the wisdom that comes from the earth. Well, what is he talking about? He's talking about this moment right here, that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, not only do you get convictions, power, strength, you're going to get wisdom as well, which means that you're going to make different decisions. You're going to live a different life. You're going to act a different way. And I pray by the grace of God that you will have different results in your life. That the Holy Spirit brings wisdom. Builds character. And so here comes the Holy Spirit upon his church. And Peter stands and he testifies before all of Israel. And and understand, he's testifying like an eyewitness. In a court of law. He stands in an office. And, and, And it's like... It's like he's under oath. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, so help me God. 
He's standing as a witness and he's saying what he has seen. And no one can take this away from him because it is what he can testify. I saw this with my own eyes. I witnessed this happen, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the empty tomb. Peter is standing and he's saying, this is my witness. Understand, he's not just witnessing. He's standing in the office of a witness. And this is, this is, this is a stand that God's called you to take. And he's going to even give you opportunities to stand you right there and say, this is my story. This is what I've seen. And this is what cannot be denied. The enemy has no authority over your witness. In the court of heaven, God says, now tell your story. And if you're afraid and you're nervous, I want, I want you to hear this. God even says in the book of Acts, don't worry about what you will say. Just take your stand. Just stand. I'll give you the words to speak, the power to speak them, the authority upon them. This is my witness. Everyone in this room has a witness, has a story, living and active, salvation, or healing, God's mighty intervention. I have a witness. This is my witness. Four years ago, I was in Israel. Many of you know this story. Many of you are part of this story. But I'm going to tell you this story for a specific purpose. Because when you tell your witness, you awaken faith in yourself and in others. I don't ever want to forget this story. And the way you don't forget is you recount. So this is my witness. Four years ago, I was in Israel. I shouldn't have even been there. I was invited and someone that had never even met, never even spoken to, paid our way to be able to go there. And it was absolutely life-changing. It was life-changing. I, I really felt like I was awakened, you know, that I was, I, I was going to come back and, and preach differently. It was a, a gift from God. But... Towards the end of the trip, early in the morning, I received a call from my wife waking me up 3, 4 in the morning there. And she said, I don't want you to be alarmed, but your dad was just in a dirt bike accident and, and it's not looking good. My dad at this time was 62 years old, <laughs> riding dirt bikes. <laughs> and, uh, and she says, it doesn't look good. This moment, we don't know anything. He's in the ambulance. He's heading... He's heading um, um, to the hospital, and we're not there yet. We don't know. We don't know if he's alive. We don't know if he's paralyzed. We just know that it is not good, and so you need to come home right away. We booked the very first flight out of Tel Aviv, uh, and we were in Jerusalem, we, we, so we had to go over to Tel Aviv. But before we left, you know, I thank God Pastor Jude was there. He was one of my, one of my spiritual fathers. One of our pastors spoke about coverings. He's one of our coverings. And he was there, and I went, and I said, Pastor Jude, we need to pray right now. And Pastor Jude began to tell me some stories of, of times that he's seen miracles. And we prayed for my dad, and we get in the cab, and before we go, I say, hey, stop at the Western Wall. Stop at the Wailing Wall. I want to put a prayer in the Wailing Wall. You might call this superstitious. I don't care. The temple's right over there, and I need help. <laughs> I'll pray, but I'm, I'm putting prayers over there as well. And, you know, it's pretty amazing. Little did I know, my wife wrote a prayer. I didn't read it. She, she had me put it in the wall for her um, because there's pretty, some pretty amazing testimonies around that. But and in the end of her prayer, she just told me this, that she ended it saying, may our family never see tragedy. And that's the prayer that she sent with me to put in the wall. And yet here, tragedy is struck. And we need God's hand in the midst of all of this. We need a, we need a mighty prayer. So we pray that prayer. We're going to get on, on the flight and, and she's keeping me up to date, and she says, you know, it is bad. It definitely looks like 
His neck is broken, and it looks very severe, and we don't know if he's going to survive. We don't know if he's going to be paralyzed, and the flight is literally heading down the runway, and I'm not going to be in communication for 12 hours. No online, no nothing, and, and, and you know, you're in the, the brink of the unknown. I'm a, I'm a half a world away. There's nothing you can do. There's no control. Absolutely powerless. And she texted me one of the prophetic words that was spoken over my dad from this pulpit that had yet to be fulfilled. So all I had on that plane was the word of God in a word that was not yet fulfilled. For 12 hours, that's what I chose to hold on to. You know, you could slip into fear and slip into darkness, slip into your emotions, slip into what comes naturally. Or you can say, but Lord, I have to choose. This will be my witness. I've got to choose I got to choose the word. And on that flight, I wrote a sermon because somebody's going to preach on Sunday, you know. <laughs> it was going to be Father's Day. And not knowing if my father was dead or alive, I wanted to write this sermon in faith and hold on to the word saying, Lord, will you fulfill your words? When we landed, we found out that he was alive. We weren't sure of anything else. Came into the hospital and the doctor said you, to us, he broke his vertebrae. Spinal cord injury, very severe, C1 and C2. He said, this is the most severe spinal injury that there is. He says, honestly, we don't see a lot of them because usually when you go through something so traumatic that you break this, you instantly die. Most of, it is, most of this injury leads to death or severe paralysis. He said, but you know, just the way he hit, the, the, the bones broke outward, not inward. If it was inward, he wouldn't be here, without, without a doubt, but outward. And he said, you know, I don't know who's watching over you. And it's like, we know who's watching over you. <laughs> and in moments of tragedy, you see who people really are. My dad was still strong, still cracking jokes. And my mom was a prayer warrior. And my church was, was a church filled with faith. The church rose up and it began to pray. The, the waiting room was filled. Couldn't fit another person. It turned into a, like a satellite prayer campus. <laughs> filled. People praying. 24 hours we had people praying for pastor. And there's been other times in the church where this has happened as well. 24 hours where we're praying. And, and you know, I know that the church isn't perfect. I've seen its imperfections. But can I tell you, this is the true church. That when you're in your most difficult and darkest hour, the church rallies around you, lifts your hands like they did with Moses, fights the battle, calls on the spirit, speaks faith, shows up, stays up all night. Let me tell you, I know the church has its problems, primarily because people are a part of the church. But the very best of the church is faith-filled people that are calling upon God that say, God, we've seen you do something before. We want to see you do it again. And so there was a wave of prayer all over the world. All of our pastor's friends were, were praying. And as pastor went into surgery, we prayed over the surgeon's hands that God would guide them. And through those hours, unsure of how pastor would come out of this surgery, survive, would he have full motion in his limbs? And, and, and the surgery went amazing, and, and, and he's recovering. It's pretty un unbelievable. Pastor went in to the hospital on Thursday, and we prayed. And God moved, and he walked out on his own two feet on Monday. Miraculous. 
and I've seen it with my own eyes. I might not be the best theologian. I might not be the best preacher. You might, you might not know all the words to say. You might not have all the great apologetics arguments. You might not be able to, to argue the intricacies of the gospel. And you might not know what words to say when people challenge you. But what you do have is your witness. You can't tell me what the church is. I've witnessed what the church is. You can't tell me what God does. I've seen what God does. I, I've stood on his word. I've seen God do miraculous things. And even when things don't go the way I thought they were going to go, I choose to trust God rather than man or emotion. Uh, if I have to say even if, I'll say even if. But make no mistake, I'm trusting God to the end because I have seen him come through time and time and time again. This is my witness. I wonder what is your witness. I wonder what you have seen. Because everyone in this place has a witness, and please hear me, it might be more powerful than you even give it credit. It might be more anointed. It might, it might, be, it might be a source of faith that you haven't tapped into. It's interesting. A couple years later, we found ourselves in Israel again. Early Sunday morning, and I'm reading through the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, this phrase that Peter spoke jumped off the page just exploded in my mind when Peter said, we are all witnesses. I, in that moment, I, I remembered. I remember being in Israel and getting that call, and I remembered seeing God move in, in my life, and I, I felt like I, was, I could stand with Peter and say, that's right. We are witnesses. I have seen something. And I began to think about our church. 30 years of witnessing miracles, witnessing story after story, we have seen people come in on the very brink of suicide and not just not go through with that act, but turn their life radically around. We have seen truly cancer go into remission and extermination, never ever to come back. We have seen it. Pastor brought up Wahid last week. We have seen resurrections. I, I wish I could tell you the stories, but they're sitting on the front row. They're sitting on the front row. Just wait until you hear Rob and, and Ron's story in a couple weeks. You've never heard anything like it. Just, just, just wait until you hear the story of the people in your crew, because they're right there in your crew. You know, this week, first service, I came up and Serge was sitting on the front row, and, and he's moved, but he's still part of our church. I, I welcomed him back to the promised land this Sunday. And I, I asked Serge, I, I said, you know, are you still healed? Because, because I remembered in this moment when he was with us on this trip in Israel, we went to St. Anne's Church, which is built over the pools of Bethesda. And we said, if this place had healing then, when the angel would touch the waters, and when God, Jesus, healed the paralytic, when we play this worship, we prayed this, Lord, when we play this worship, let there be healing that flows. We thought it would come through the album, and maybe it has. But can I tell you, it happened in the room. As we worshiped, Serge was in the back. He was there to take photographs, but he put his camera down. He said, because I felt a burning sensation in my throat. I couldn't figure out what it was, but all at once, he said, I began to think, is God healing me? He had a severe gluten allergy, severe. He couldn't eat anything like it. He said, if I did, I would be on my back, in my bed, two or three days, unable to move, unable to function. He said, I had to radically change my life. But there we were in Israel, playing songs in the place where Jesus healed, and it's like an angel came and stirred the Holy Spirit waters again. He said, I felt like my throat was on fire and I was swallowing rocks. 
On the drive home, he was dead silent, very uncharacteristic of the two. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he said, guys, I think I'm being healed. So we tested it out. We went and we got pizza that very day. <laughs> I asked him, surgery is still healed? He said, three years later, I'm 100% healed. <laughs> God still works. And these stories are all in this church. They're in your crew. They're on the stage. They're in the lobby. Yesterday, after I spoke this sermon, people came up to me, story after story, sending voice memos, telling each other their stories. And it's powerful because when you recount your testimony, faith awakens. And when I was reading that verse in Acts 2 and remembering my dad and, and, and hearing about Surge and remembering all the stories in this church, we began to write, we are witnesses that God has fulfilled every word. When we were taken off in that plane, there were some unfulfilled words over my dad's life. And I said, God, you spoke them. You need to fulfill them. But now here we were years later saying, God, you have fulfilled every word. You've kept all your promises. You've broken every curse. And in that, that upper room in Jerusalem, this song came pouring out. And it, was a, it came out exactly as you heard it today. No changes. I mean, it just came out fully formed, like born of the Holy Spirit. And, and that day, Josh and I and the team, we went down and, and we recorded it. We recorded it right next to the Western Wall on the Southern Steps where the temple was. And the first, that's the first time we, we played that song. And for years, we've been playing the song on Sunday, trying to record it, trying to release it. And wouldn't you know it, just by happenstance, not by marketing, not by, just not by our intentions, but we choose a release date, June 3rd. Josh texts me. He said, hey, do you know that this weekend is Pentecost Sunday? We're releasing the song written about Pentecost, written in the place of Jerusalem about our church on Pentecost Sunday. God will write a better story than you will come up with. God will fulfill promises that you've even forgotten. I tell you these stories to encourage you towards your story. As Peter said, we are all witnesses. And my question for you this Sunday morning is what have you witnessed? It's going to be different than what I have, different than what the person next, but, but make no mistake, your story is very, very powerful. And it is a source of faith that God has given you. What have you witnessed? Have you seen God's hand move, maybe in the life of your parents? Before you even got here, God was moving his hand in their life for your life. Have you seen God's hand come and protect you? Maybe for, from some foolish decisions or, or strange relationships or some places you were going to go that you weren't able to. Have you seen God pull you back and protect you in life? Have you seen God's hand active maybe in a hospital room where there should be a place filled with fear, but all of a sudden there's a supernatural spirit of peace in that place where the doctor's diagnosis and prognosis is different than what the Holy Spirit has to say and he has the last word have you seen God's hand move with your children or your grandchildren? Have you seen God's hand move in your marriage or in your mind? And maybe his hand is moving right now. And even right now, you are in the process of reconciliation and restoration. Do you remember your salvation story? Do you remember who you were and where you were when God found you? Because you didn't find God. God found you. And his hand stretched from heaven and came down to arrest you. This is your witness. And today, my challenge, my encouragement to you would be that you would remember your witness.
and that you would recount it when you find yourself in times of difficulty because your witness is your weapon of spiritual warfare. It's strong. It's powerful. Your witness to God's work awakens faith. And no one, no one can take it away from you, including the devil. He has no authority over your witness. And no one can discount it because it's what you've seen. Remember, I was speaking to a young man, and this was a very talented, creative individual right on the cusp of, of, a, of an incredible career. But he was, he was battling with his faith, going back and forth. And, and he asked me, he said, how do you know that prayer works? How do you know? And so I prepared my theological response. <clears throat> I put on that little reverend thing, you know, <laughs> prayer shawl. How do you know prayer works? And I said, well, you know, let me, let, me, let me ask you this. Have you blah, blah, blah. And let me ask you that. Well, let's talk about your family. And then I went through the verses. I walked them through the Roman roads. I, I gave them all the technical and the data and all of that. And, and I gave this, this long-winded, big response. And at the end, he goes, huh, yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> Wasn't what I was expecting. So I told my wife afterwards. You know, I told him what he asked and my response. And I said, you know, but it, it didn't really... I don't feel like it really moved him. And she goes, uh, Jordan, why didn't you tell him about your dad? And I thought, that's why we're married. <laughs> that's why God gave, gave you to me and me to you. Because the reality is, when it's all said and done, your witness is undeniable. It is strong. And when you tell your story, when you recount your witness, it reawakens the faith that you found in that moment. Because make no mistake, God will never walk you through things without making them purposeful. And the truth is, many times you will gain more than even what you lost through those difficult situations. You will gain wisdom. You will gain faith. You will gain authority. You will grow. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they weren't difficult, maybe even horrific. And we are going to walk through difficult places, but know that in the last difficult place, God had you. God carried you. God walked you. And so in this difficult place, I need to tell my story to myself. Because I believe your witness will help other people, but your witness is first for you. God did it then. He can do it now. He did it there. He can do it here. And when you begin to tell your own story to yourself, it reawakens the faith that you found in that moment. It reawakens the spirit of that moment. It's like, it's like if, you were, if you needed water and you had a well, you have to put the bucket down, let it all the way down into that well in order to bring back up that water. It's like that. Like sometimes you think, I don't want to go back to that place. I don't want to go down there. I don't want to dig. But make no mistake, when you begin to recount those stories, it's like letting that bucket down, but it's going to bring life back up. It's going to bring faith back up and say, no, that was tough, but... Look what Jesus, look at what the Holy Spirit, look at what I gained. And, and now you have that water for this next moment. Go back to those places. Go deep and draw up life because faith is stirred when your story is told to yourself and to others. Remember a time when Pastor Jude was here and he was at the altar and he was praying for people. And many of you were coming down to him, a lot of our leaders. 
bringing, you know, our the issues and, you know, needs. And, and I noticed every time he would pray for people, he would tell them a story before he prayed for them. Whatever the issue was. And, and he prayed through a multitude of issues. But before he prayed, he'd say, okay, I want to tell you this story. Back in 1992, I saw God do this. Back in 2008, I saw God do that. And he would, he would say, and he'd say, okay, do you believe? Do you believe? Okay, well, now we're going to pray. And after he told them the story, they would pray. Time and time again, I saw that. And afterwards, I asked him, I said, Pastor Jude, why, why do you tell stories before you pray? And he said, Jordan, because the presence of God abides on the ark of the testimony. That when you tell your testimony, it just awakens your faith. It calls on the manifest presence of God. And I saw so many people, by the way, that he prayed with in those moments. Now those stories got fulfilled and he gets to carry those into the next altar that he, that he prays at. Make no mistake, your witness is strong. It is yours, given by God, so that it will awaken faith. This is what James says. He says, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. We don't just pray. We pray in faith. We don't pray mindlessly. We don't pray gibberish. We don't pray mantras. We're going to pray, but we're going to offer it in faith. You say, well, how do I get faith? Tell your story. Remember what God has done. Remember where he brought you from. Find someone else that has walked this path before. Get them alongside. Link arm in arm and say, you walk through this valley. I'm going through it right now, but will you pray with me? Because I need to pray in faith. And the Bible says the prayer offered in faith, it will have results. Recounting your testimony reawakens your faith, and remembering resets your expectation. Man, this is so important. You with me? This is so important because, because if you forget, you become like the people of Israel that saw God do mighty things, but they forgot. They didn't tell the stories, and then their faith waned over time. When you remember, it resets your expectation. If you, if you forget, well, then you got to relearn the same thing over and over and over again. If you forget, well, then you just got to go by your feelings. And make no mistake, you don't have enough feelings to conjure up faith. You say, well, I don't feel faith. Well, I don't know if faith comes from your feelings. I don't know if feelings is a good indicator of faith. I, I think if, you, if, 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 I think if, if you don't have faith, when you're praying, if, if, if you don't remember those stories and recount them, then everything you face, you're just going to feel, I can't do it. I'm overwhelmed. I can't make it through. But when you say, no, God brought me through this. Here comes the faith. Now I stand up straight. Now God will bring me through this next thing. What caused Peter to stand up straight? It was the power of the Holy Spirit. What will keep you moving forward is the power of the Holy Spirit. Remembering resets your expectation. God, I haven't forgotten what you did. And so now I'm expecting for you to do something again. It's God's work, God's work that becomes our witness. Amen? That's why we say in the song, we'll keep watching, he'll keep working. Amen? We'll keep worshiping, he'll keep releasing. We'll keep hoping, he'll keep healing. I, I can't heal, but I can hope. And I can get alongside the healer. And hopefully that's enough for him to work with. We'll keep repenting. He'll keep redeeming. Do what you can do and trust God to do what only he can do. And make no mistake, God will do all the heavy lifting. 
God will do all the heavy lifting in your life. Your witness is your living testimony to the work of God in your life. And I wonder what God will allow you to see in your life. If you remain faithful, stay faith-filled, and recount. Recount your testimony. Determine in times of difficulty. This will be my witness. This won't take me out. It won't be the end of me. It won't be the moment where I recant. No. The confusion that's going on outside, maybe in your own mind. You find moments where tragedy touches your home or your life. Times of difficulty, confusing in the nation. But this won't conquer me. No, I've made a determination. This will be my witness. God's brought me through this. He's going to bring me through that. Amen? Amen. We just bow your heads and close your eyes right now. There's power in your personal testimony. I want to encourage you today. Write down your witness. Write it down so you can see it. It's amazing the details even of your own story that you'll forget. I'd encourage you to write it down. I'd encourage you to share it with someone in the lobby. Put it on a praise card. I know for me, I would love to read the story of, of your salvation, healing, and God intervened and redeemed. If you know someone that maybe is going through something that you've walked through, please know God has given you your witness for a moment just like that. When people ask you about your faith, you say, well, I'm no theologian. No, but you have seen something. You know, the Bible says that, that though they saw Peter and the other disciples were Galileans, they were untrained and unskilled. They spoke with authority because they were men that had been with Jesus. See, that's, that's the source of our, our authority, that we've seen God move in our life. Your witness is so powerful. And I pray we are a church that maximizes on testimonies, that we tell them and tell them and tell them again, that we don't forget, that we look for testimonies, that we celebrate testimonies. Please hear me. I pray we are a church that celebrates testimonies. If it's a blessing, it's not bragging. I want to hear what God is doing in your life. I want to shout with you. I want to be happy with you. I want to be overjoyed with you. We are not going to be people that are petty and little and small and competitive. No, we are going to be people that says, tell me and tell me again. Tell me about your story. Sorry, tell me about what God did. Tell me about prayers that you've seen answered because I want to see it in my life and I want to see it with my kids and we want to see it in our church and we want to be a community that has faith May we write these stories down. For the next time we visit a hospital, we know how to pray. We know how to believe. We know how to have faith. Will you do that today? Will you write down your witness? Will you share it? Because the Bible says this, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our witness. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.